Hello, welcome to another episode of Papa Bear Hikes. All right, today we have with us my son, my hiking partner this summer, Shruman. Shruman, welcome back to Papa Bear Hikes, coming at hey. us from San Francisco, California. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited as, as the trip draws closer and closer. Have you done any reading or research on the trail? Still no. <laughs> How about backpacking in general? Have you done any reading about backpacking? I can help you no. on that. I've been walking. Well, let me take a look. As yeah. you can see, I very knowledgeable person here. I'm quite a very, very knowledgeable. I'm a plethora of books here to just keep my brain overflowing with knowledge. So I have a book somewhere here about hiking. <laughs> oh, I found it. I found it. Switching Gears by Martin Armitage. Okay. Restoring the meaning of life, love, and happiness while backpacking Vermont's long trail. And, uh, you know, I, I've read some of the reviews and people are saying that it's very enlightening, entertaining. You might want to pick this up and read it if you haven't yet. I think I need to buy another copy. I need to buy another copy. It's a superb book. Absolutely. The more times you read it, the more prepared you get, undeniably. Uh, I love it. Exactly. It's, At least it's, book it's, it's not a how-to book, but let's... It's not a how-to book, but we'll let people think that if they read it, it will make them better hikers. It's a true story, though. And it could protect you, you know, if you, uh, if, you know, I don't know, if you need, if you were in the woods and you had it and somebody shot a gun at you or if a bear attacked you, you could shove the book in their mouth uh, or use it as a Good weapon. Point. Or uh, if you needed, uh, you know, to keep, if you needed a pillow also, it's all, it could also be a small pillow. If you're out backpacking, there's a lot of really good uses for that. Well, as you know, I'm an ultralight or close to somewhere between ultralight and lightweight backpacker. So yes, I'm always looking for multi-use items. And I'm yeah. surprised I didn't think of that. I would have I would have put that on the back cover of the book. This has multiple purpose, multiple purposes. Maybe next time we meet, I'll try to come up with 10 more things beyond just reading it and enjoying it as a book, which it is a great book. I think we could find at least 10 more uses for it. That would make it worth bringing on every backpacking trip and giving to every friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, back to the Tahoe Rim Trail. Yeah, I'm kind of pumped for this one. This is one I've been looking at for a few years now. As far back as 2019, I started thinking, this is a trail I want to do. And here is my opportunity. Thanks to you. Um, you're now living in San Francisco. It makes it a little bit easier. I go out and I visit you. And then we're going to go off and hike for maybe 12 days, 14 days. We don't know exactly how long at this point. But what we're going to do is we're going to share with our listeners how we go about planning a trip like this. Now, obviously, the first step is picking a destination, which we have done, the Tahoe Rim Trail. And I've at least studied it quite a bit. You know that I, well, I'll come out and say it. I'm a bit obsessive about planning at times. Uh, so I've looked over the maps Done a lot of reading, been to all the websites, all the, you know, somebody on the trips has to, if you had a whole backpacking trip full of, uh, uh well, actually just you, me, yeah, me and, and, and John and Bashir, I think, uh, be in trouble. it would be there. It would be a lot of chaos and a lot of, Hey, I forgot <laughs> this. Did either of you guys remember to bring it and then sharing or taking turns with, with, uh, all everything and just hoping that combined we all brought at least one of everything we need. Right. 
And then turning and say, dad, did you bring an extra spoon? Did you bring an extra ball? Did you bring some extra food? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> That's probably a lot of people though, but it's good. I'm excited for the trail. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the episode you did with the executive director for the Tahoe Rim Trail as well. I recently interviewed a gentleman who completed the trail last year. Uh, he did it with his son, a friend of his and, and his son. They were, they were all, all in scouts together. So it was kind of cool to hear his story and how he went about hiking the trail. And he shared his itinerary, which kind of inspired me to how we're going to shape ours up. But that's going to be for a separate episode, our itinerary. We'll share that at a later episode. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the preparation for a trip like this. So we're doing the Tahoe Rim Trail. And the logistics of it is I'm going to fly from New York to San Francisco. Then we're going to hop in your car and drive over to Tahoe. Still trying to figure out what to do with your car once we get there. We have a few stops to make before we actually hit the trail. I want to leave a resupply box down in South Tahoe. Um, I haven't decided whether or not I want to leave one in Tahoe City or not yet. And we may need to set up some mortar caches because there'll be some mortar issues along this trail. And we'll get into that. But I want to find a safe place to leave your car. I've asked some questions, done some research, and people seem to feel safe leaving their car for long periods of time at the trailheads. We're going to likely be starting at Rose Summit. Um, we're going to, that's the highest point. And I'll get into why we're doing that after I go over the, well, yeah, this, this would be a good time to do that. And I picked that because I think we're best off doing a clockwise hike from there. Because for people who didn't listen to the episodes on the Tahoe Rim Trail, I'll fill you in and ask you to go back and listen to those episodes, of course. It's a loop trail. It's a circular trail. It goes around Lake Tahoe. So logistics are pretty easy on this. One car, we park it, and we finish the trail where we parked our car. Doing it clockwise from there, we'll be starting it close to the highest point on the Tahoe Rim Trail. We'll be finishing with the steepest ascent on the trail. So my strategy here is by the time we leave Tahoe City and start making the ascent up to Relay Peak, the highest point, we will have our trail legs on, so to speak. We'll be in better shape and we won't get as discouraged. I I just kind of think that if you start with that steepest ascent, man, day two or three, you could be saying to yourself, what did I get myself into? So we're going to save that part for the last. And as I said, I'm still working on where we're parking the car, that part of the planning. Another thing you want to look at is the time of year you're going, because we've picked our dates. We're going in August, and weather forecast, well, it'll be hot during the day, a little chilly at night. It can get as far down as the 40s at night on that trail. But the biggest concern is wildfires. There have been times when people have been forced off the trail because the, the air quality is so poor that people just can't. It can't keep hiking. So that's something that has to be built into our plan. If we find ourselves getting off the trail because of poor air quality, or maybe the wildfire has spread, and this happened, I believe, last year, spread to a section of the trail and makes it impossible to navigate through it. How do you uh, stay on top of that when you're on the trail? How did, like, uh, wildfire alerts? Cell phone service is very good on the trail. So you can be checking in constantly with news 
and with the news and with the weather to see what you're looking at. Um, of course, I'll have a list for both. We'll each have a list of emergency contacts along the trail that if we need to call for any kind of emergency services, that's something I'll do as we get closer. And knowing where our water sources are. This is something that's that I usually don't have to deal with up here in the Northeast, the trails I go on, I know that within a 10 mile stretch of my day, 10 to 15 miles, I'm going to come across water several times. On this trail, there's 30 mile stretches where there's at least one 30 mile stretch where there is no water, where it's dry. So we're going to have to plan that out. We're going to, I think by starting where we are, we can cut that down and maybe avoid needing a water cache or maybe just setting one up as we're going up to Relay Peak. But that's something I'm going to continue to study and have some time on that and figure out how we're going to approach that to make sure that we do have enough water. As I talked a little bit earlier, resupplies, trying to decide are we going to drop off two resupply boxes or do we want to just drop off one and we get to Tahoe City say, hey, you know what, let's just get stuff from the supermarket. Or if we run low going through a certain area to say... Yeah, let's just go to a convenience store and grab a few things until we can pick up our resupply box. I'm sort of leaning towards that because that'd be kind of fun to kind of mix things up, not the same boring food every day. And it looks like it's the Western section where you you really have a long stretch where you don't have those opportunities. Other than that, I think resupplying on the fly is pretty easy. I think dropping into towns too can be a pretty fun little experience. If you get a chance to stop by a diner, that kind of thing. That was one of the parts of your book that I really enjoyed uh, reading was um, in particular you and one of uh, one of Bashir's experiences uh, on at that diner uh, where his tattoos were getting admired, and so you really just don't get that opportunity with a resupply, you know, or, or like a traditional one mm-hmm. compared to just dropping into town, stopping by the grocery store, and picking a diner, and stopping by small town diners uh, or just diners in general in, in places you've never been is such a cool way. I've done a lot of road trips too. And it's just always one of my favorite things when I can just be like, I'm hungry. So I'm going to find the nearest place and we'll see how it turns out. You know? Well, as you know, for me, backpacking is more than just hiking that trail, right? I want to go into the towns, experience the towns, see the people, go sit down and have a beer at a craft brewery, that kind of stuff. So yes, those opportunities I want to take advantage of. That's why we're not hurrying through this. If it takes us 14 days, then it takes us 14 days. But I'd love to be able to maybe go into Carson City one day, stop in South Tahoe. We're going to hike right through Tahoe City. So we'll have those opportunities, which is pretty cool. What's uh, what's the longest through hike you've done? Oh, in one shot, it would be uh, when I finished up the the long trail, a little over two weeks. I think that was about 15 days, 16 days. Nice, nice. Well, hopefully in the next year we can uh, get ourselves out to the, oh, what's it, the Porta de Santiago, the, what's it called? The Count of Santa Cristo, the Camino de Santiago. All right. <laughs> Good. Hopefully in the next year, that's kind of the goal. Portuguese or the French way. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And that's a different backpacking experience, a lot different than what we do here in the States. And as we get, as you assemble your gear, because of course I have all of mine, but once you've assembled all your gear or while we're in this process, we're going to start taking note of what gear can be shared and um, how we're going to distribute that shared gear. 
Well, I've got a backpack I'm really happy with. Uh, I actually did some research on boots uh, and know the exact pair that I want. I'm going to be getting the Loa Zephyrs uh, GTXs. They're they're actually issued in Air Force Special Operations Command. I had a few pairs when I was in the Air Force. Um, They were great. You could run in them. You could uh, hike in them. They're fantastic. They're, I mean, they're, that's the thing. They're hiking shoot. They're hiking boots. You can get them higher, low, or higher, medium on the ankle, and they're hiking boots that you can go for a jog in. Uh, also, really good water resistance. And then the last thing we need to do with the planning part of this is coming up with a budget. Now, I don't know if you've done any of that yet, but on my end, I of course have to budget in airfare. Uh, but beyond that, because I'm flying into San Francisco and we're going to be taking your car from your apartment, I'm going to, I, right now I'm trying to figure out, of course, our on-trail food and you know, what we're packing and budgeting money for in-town experiences. I'm hoping to have at least one or two days where we're sleeping in a bed, not on the ground. There's a hostel, I believe, in South Tahoe we can stay in and maybe in Tahoe City stay in a hotel one night just to kind of break that up, get a shower. But these things need to be budgeted. So that's something that over the next month, you and I are going to have to start talking about and putting together. And then for yourself, on a personal note, start figuring out how much money you might need if we stop for a meal. Of course, gas for your car is uh, something you need to budget for. Yeah, hitchhiking seems to be less and less of an option with every year that passes now. Feel like I missed out on hitchhiking. Oh no, we're getting no, we're, we're getting hitchhiking back. It's coming back. I've talked to some AT hikers. It's it's coming back. I actually, my landlord. I was just talking to him. Speaking of hitchhiking, he's uh, he's eighty eight years old, and he went backpacking through Europe in the nineteen fifties. I I I couldn't even, I mean, it was within 10 years of World War II ending and he was backpacking around Europe and, and hitchhiking and it was just, what an experience, you know? So it's, it's, it's nice that we're getting out because one day uh, any of us could be in our 80s and people will be like, wow, you were backpacking the Tahoe Rim Trail or the Camino de Santiago in the, you know, 2020s, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, people who backpacked in 2020 and 21 yeah my grandchildren might be asking me one day wow what was it like out there during the pandemic <laughs> that's a good point yeah and finishing up this segment have you been doing anything to physically prepare yourself at this point yeah i have uh, been walking a lot in the last four or five days i've been averaging about 10 miles a day of walking uh, up a lot of hills. I live on a very steep, steep hill that lasts quite a few blocks. <clears throat> One of the higher points in San Francisco. And uh, so it's actually a deterrent against crime because people are less likely to want to walk up all these hills to rob somebody's car. And so that's been fantastic. I'm not sure about my elevation gains, but here, let me pull up some of my stats as part of my training, which, you know, I've never... I don't think I've ever done a serious backpacking trip. Like maybe two nights was the longest I've ever done. Uh, I might be wrong about that. I feel like we've done a ton of overnights, but 
I mean, and then, you know, in the military, of course, we would do a lot, but still not quite the same. So I'm, I'm glad to be training right now. Let's see. I really enjoy using my, my smartwatch to keep track of this stuff. I think tracking your progress is so important. I know I've been doing that, not just the miles I've been hiking, but looking at things like maximum heart rate, resting heart rate, elevation change. Because this trail is going to throw some elevation changes at us. This is not a flat trail. A lot of it's up on a ridge, but it's it has its challenges. Yeah. Well, so yeah, yesterday I did 9.4 miles. Uh, let's see. The day before that, it was 11 and a half miles. And the day before that, it was 10.2. And the day before that, it was 9.8. So, uh, And I've definitely noticed my, my ankle was getting tight for the first three days and then by tomorrow afternoon it started feeling better and then today it feels like i can tell that the right ankle doesn't feel as good as the left ankle but it feels normal it's not in pain or anything like that so i can feel it going in the other direction and myself getting better with that and i definitely want to keep up this trend of around 10 miles a day um every day for for a while and i like how i feel too well two things as far as pain goes, the most important thing is how you feel the next day. How you know your body will eventually start bouncing back faster. Because of course, at the end of a day of hiking, difficult hiking, you're going to be sore. But at least with me, it's how I respond the next day. If I get out of bed, out of bed the next day, cook my breakfast, and I'm ready to hike, then I'm in a good place. The second thing is I'm going to challenge you to do a 20 mile hike before July 1st. Do you think you can get yourself to a point where you can do a 20 miler before then or by July then? First? Yeah, that should be feasible. You need more time? No, I can do that. You want more time? Okay. No, I can do that. Now, we won't be doing any we won't be doing any 20 mile days on the Tahoe Rim Trail, but we might be doing some 15 mile days. And with a full backpack, 15 will feel like 20. I did. I've only done 20 uh once before. That was uh, for a merit badge I remember, in, in the Boy Scouts. I remember yeah. was, I'd been putting it off, and then me and uh, my younger brother, John, uh, I think we both needed the same patch. And so uh, we just said, we're both ready to do it today. And we both slept in. It was almost, I don't know, it was, the, it was maybe a 10 or 11 a.m. And we just said, drive us 20 miles away. <clears throat> and we walked uh, along the highway Uh I mean, in a nice area for sure. Like there were plenty of woods and stuff, but yeah, we were just like, bring us 20 miles away and we're going to walk back. And that was a long day. It was, but well, there's a, there's a side of that story. And before we finish up here that I want to share with everybody, because I don't know if you forgot or you're just being a little modest here, but I'm going to say you forgot because you're not exactly the most modest person I know. But <laughs> That's accurate. I, I got that's brother a John at that point. It is. I'm not, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to uh, deny it. <laughs> I'll own it. But your brother, John, at that time was still learning how to swim. He, John would go on to earn a swimming merit badge, would do a mile swim and get the light. And, and he actually was a certified lifeguard. But at the time he was struggling to learn how to swim and you needed to earn either the swimming, cycling or hiking merit badge. You had already earned the swimming merit badge. You didn't need the hiking merit badge. But you helped your younger brother by getting out there with him and going on the hikes. And, yeah, you know, that's a 20-mile hike. You were a teenager. You were in high school. You didn't need to do that. That was a cool thing. 
for to do. I mean, you know, I think in a relationship I had with my older brother, yeah, that's what older brothers do. You were there for him. You helped him. I I got back into scouts because I saw that, you know, I I had done Cub Scouts and then John John got involved in Boy Scouts and I was the odd man out and I said I guess I'll join, you know, and hang out more and I remember the Gettysburg trip and me and John were, you know, me, me and him got to that was really good bonding time for both of us. Um and uh who knows, maybe someday uh you know, he and I'll be assistant scout masters or something and and that kind of thing. And yeah, it was just, it was a great experience and he's tough. He's, he's plenty tough. Cause um, I mean, you know, I had a few years, I'm four years older than him. So he made it through those hikes and they were great experiences. Yeah. You were a varsity athlete and well, John's not as athletic as you are. So yeah, it was a challenge for him, but you know, you were there for him. All right, Sherman. Hey, thanks for coming on and sharing this. I'm really excited about this trip. Uh, and on our next episode, we're going to cover gear. Thanks again, Sherman. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so yet, go to our website, PapaBearHikes.com. Listen to past episodes. Check us out on social media. Go to our YouTube channel, Martin Outside. All those links are there. In addition to that, you can buy our book or see what you're missing out on if you're not a Patreon member yet. Remember to get outside, have fun, and be safe. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.